Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equity. People save and invest ideally to be able to be financially independent at least by the time you reach retirement age. So you want to be self-sufficient by that point. You want to have minimal or no debt. Ideally, you want to have assets that are providing some kind of income that you can then use to finance your lifestyle. That's the idea you know, behind investing from a time horizon perspective. From a trading perspective, the mindset is completely different. There you're looking for movements like we've seen over the last week where you know markets become volatile and markets come off three or four or five percent and you want to capitalize from that over a few days. You're not talking months or years or, or decades. You're talking, you know, just a few days, sometimes even intraday. Welcome to Easy Does It, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ at large. Now, I often receive DMs on social media, so direct messages in my inbox about easy equities, about investing. And there's something that I've noticed that I've picked up. People tend to confuse investing and trading and saving, right? So we tend to use these terms interchangeably as if they mean the same thing and they not. You know, so people will be selling their shares after a week because the value uh, isn't increasing at the pace that they want. And that isn't investing. Investing is about the long term. So we're going to be hanging out with a very important gent. He's part of the Purple Group family, Nilan Morar. He is the VP of trading at Purple Group to break it down for us to untangle investing saving and trading nilan welcome to the easy does it podcast brother thank you dj at large and thank you to your listeners awesome so before we get into the conversation and we try to untangle all of this i've got a random money question for you right so if Mm -hmm. you could have a sneak peek at someone else's investment portfolio who would it be and why so the guy would be a guy called Ray Dalio, and I'm not sure if the name rings a bell or not, if you've ever heard about him. But basically, he's founded and, and ran the world's biggest hedge fund. And more than the pure attraction from you know, running this big monster of a hedge fund, he found a very clever way of integrating complex financial market instruments and overlay that over traditional portfolios. And benefit from them. So he did that very successfully and, and profitably, I may add. So yeah, he would he would be the guy that I would love to have a look into. And chatting a bit about your own personal portfolio, 2021 was a challenging year for a lot of investors. How did you do in terms of your portfolio? Yeah, I must admit, I mean, mine was a little bit biased because of the weight of our own stock in, in my portfolio. You know, it behaved, it performed well. That said, you know, the, there were many years prior that it didn't perform so well. You know, that kind of leads to to your opening remark about investing versus saving, etc. And we'll we'll get into that in a bit, I'm sure. 100%. And, and as you've mentioned, you know, people tend to use the terms, you know, saving, investing and trading interchangeably as if they all mean the same thing and they really don't. So, Nalan, can you give us an overview of what each term means and then maybe we can relate it to, to time horizon, to risk, to, to access? Yeah, sure. Ab- absolutely. So, Let's talk about the three facets of financial markets that you raised, right? Let's talk about saving initially, is the behavior of putting something away for a rainy day. Investing is actually what you do with the savings. So if that saving is, let's say, cash, um, which is the simplest form, if you deploy that cash 
towards a financial instrument, then that becomes investing. So it's that transformation of using and deploying cash that you've saved into a financial instrument. The ideology behind this or the reasoning behind doing something like this would be to profit. In other words, the sum of what you put away grows over time because of the performance of the asset that you buy. That's the idea behind it. Trading, on the other hand, is is quite different. Trading, you know, is much shorter term in nature. It has a completely different risk profile. There are things that we need to talk about. So let's compare the points that you raised, time horizon. And for the sake of this, I'm going to say that savings and investing are going to share the same definition and trading is going to be a different definition. So saving and investing will have a much longer term time horizon. People save and invest ideally to be able to be financially independent at least by the time you reach retirement age. So you want to be self-sufficient by that point. You want to have uh, minimal or no debt ideally. You want to have assets that are providing some kind of income that you can then use to finance your lifestyle. That's the idea you know, behind investing from a time horizon perspective. From a trading perspective, the mindset is completely different. There you're looking for movements like we've seen over the last week where you know markets become volatile and markets come off 3 or 4 or 5% and you want to capitalize from that over a few days. You're not talking months or years or, or decades. You're talking you know, just a few days, sometimes even intraday. So when it comes to trading from a time horizon perspective, your mindset is very short. You're paying attention to little moves and you're a lot more active in the market than you would be had you been investing. Trading sounds so stressful because of that, because of, you know, these small little, little things that you're looking for in the market. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is incredibly stressful. You know, sadly, you get these adverts where people fall in love with the idea around trading more than they do with the concept of training and understanding the risks that are associated, right? So that's another point that you raised earlier, was what are the, what are the differences in terms of risks when you're talking investing and in saving versus trading? And there, what you need to start contemplating, what you need to start bringing into your, your thought pattern there is what are the instruments that you use? So, for example, if you were saving, if you're just purely saving, you could use the simplest form would be something like a fixed deposit, let's say. Right? So that's a savings instrument. What are the risks of a fixed deposit? It's near zero. It's, it literally is near zero because your risk is of the bank failing. Uh, and even, you know, in current uh, regulatory landscape, some deposits up to a certain amount are guaranteed. So that's why your, your risks are near zero. When it comes to trading, often you're using more complex financial instruments. And typically, these instruments would have an aspect of gearing right now this can be a little bit complex so let's let's just demystify this a little bit for you and the example i would like to to use here is let's say for example you want to buy a million rand house you go to the bank they do all the background checks to check you know affordability and the rest of the stuff and then they say to you uh, dj at large you know what you need to do to get this house you need to put down 10 percent deposit mm -hmm. so you need to come up with 100 grand Right? That's their security to say, hang on, you for real. Yeah. You know, you can afford this, etc. You put down the 100,000 Rand and let's say everything is successful and you get the house and you move in. You don't live in 10% of the house or you don't only enjoy 10% of the house, right? You enjoy the full 100%, <laughs> everything, the garden, the indoors, the three bedrooms, the pool, the upstairs, the downstairs, everything. So you enjoy the economic benefits of having spent 100 
percent or one million rand, but you've only actually put down a hundred thousand rand, and the balance you you pay over time. So when we talk about the concept of gearing, that's exactly what we talk about. Now there are financial products, there are financial certain financial products that are actually brought into the market and that you can access via the market specifically to give you that level of gearing where your exposure you acquire is much larger than the amount of money that you've actually put down to get that exposure. So that's the concept of gearing. So again, you know, it's a it's a completely different can I say aspect to financial markets that you're talking about. And when we're talking about when you raised, you know, the different aspects between saving and investing and, and trading, then you have to consider the the instruments that are used, the financial products the that are used. Financial products. Yeah. Exactly. So that's another, you know, concept that one needs to con- contemplate. This will sound like a little bit of a strange question, but I'd love for us to touch on the pros and cons of each of the three. Look, I mean, you know, it's no secret as a nation, as a country, a huge percentage of our population is not ready for retirement. We know that. One way to understand that is, is simply looking at the unemployment rate, which is just simply too high. So we are not a nation of savers. This is something that, you know, we at Easy Equities are trying to address in our own little way. It's part of the reason why we built the product and have the offering. It's exactly to change that. It's to give people an opportunity to save. You know, the only con that I can think of is uh, to saving and investing, that is, if you become fixated in terms of what you choose, what asset class you choose, and if you start watching it too closely and start being sort of affected, psychologically affected, if it starts going against you, you've got to constantly remind yourself that this is not a one or two year journey. You know, this is 10, 15, 20, 30 year journeys. So you shouldn't get carried away and emotionally stressed out, you know, by short term moves. So, so that's something to consider. Trading and, and again, you know, depending on what underlying instrument is being used, so what financial instrument is being used, the pros and cons are there. You know, we spoke about gearing just now. So let's say you, you put down that 10% and the asset or the share or the index or the commodity that you buy actually moves up by 10%. You've actually made a 100% return on the money that you've put down, right? So you put down 10%, it's moved 10%, you made a 100% return. The equal amount of risk applies to the downside. And often, the problem that I have is that often people don't ever tell you about those stories. <laughs> you only hear about the stories where people have absolutely shot the lights out and made a lot of money. And you sort of scroll through Facebook and, and I think some of this messaging is banned now, but you know, there used to be guys in gold wrapped Lamborghinis, you would have seen, you would have seen the pictures at large, you would have seen them, uh, you know, they're everywhere. And, and so, you know, hence my earlier comment that I think pe- people need to be very cautious around, you know, the, the ideology behind trading rather than understanding the risks associated behind it. And so that could be the risk is that, you know, whilst you can make money very quickly, you can also lose money equally as quick, if not quicker you know if not quicker yeah 100% you know there's a number of myths and misconceptions around saving investing and trading there's six that I've been able to pick up and I'd love for you to sort of uh, go through each of them with me so the first one is I can only save a little bit so it's not worth it at all it's something I often hear from people saying look my budget is already tight there's no point in saving Mm. 200 rand or 300 rand what are your thoughts on that so my thought is let's say let's say you're not feeling well and you go to a doctor and a doctor tells you, listen, you need to do five hours of exercise a week. 
and you look at your schedule and you think, well, you know what, I actually can't squeeze in five hours. I can only do one. So I'm better off not doing anything. That's not going to make sense. Surely you're better off doing one than nothing. Right? And that's the reality of this question. You know, often I think back and I try and sort of relay this to my to my kids who are very young, seven and ten at the moment, but it's about understanding the value of money. During my first job, I think when still on probation or whatever, my salary was around 1400 rand a month, but I still saved. And so it's about that mindset. It's, it's not that you can't do it and it's not that it's not worth it. You know, when you think that it's a 10, 15 or 20 year journey, then any little bit that you actually do deploy is something that's going to count up and going to work towards that ultimate goal that you have. The point is that you have to start. Even if it's 50 bucks a month, start. Because what you're addressing is not so much the quantum, but you're addressing the behavior. True. You're addressing the discipline. You know, the moment that becomes a habit, it happens naturally. The second one is, if I earned more money, it would be easier to save. Which is a very strange one because sometimes people have that assumption that if I earn more, it's easier to save. And I don't necessarily think mm. it's true. What are, what are your thoughts on that? When you earn more, your lifestyle catches up. Mm. Your spending habits catch up with what you earn. So let's say in your current format, you have 5,000 rand a month of disposable income. All of a sudden, you get promoted, something goes well, you know, you get a decent big bonus, and now all of a sudden, you have 10,000 rand a month. Your first thought is not going to say, oh, I can increase my savings by 100%. It's not going to be that. It's going to be, geez, instead of eating out once a week, I can eat out three times a week. Yeah. Instead of driving my Toyota, I can now drive a BM or a Merc. Let me start doing the math, and your mind, your mind works in mysterious ways to deploy the additional cash that you don't have yet that you're getting so you know for me i would say no that's the wrong attitude to have that you need to say what you need to do is you need to almost get the discipline right around what percentage of your earnings you want to save mm. that's a behavioral change you know that's saying i've got five grand if i'm happy at 10 percent or 15 percent or 20 percent you know then that's thousand rand. And so then it shouldn't matter what that disposable number goes to because let's hope that this is true. One day you get to 100,000 of, of disposable income, well, then you're saving 10,000 rand a month. Mm. And it should be done religiously. It's not true that it's easier to save the more you earn. You, you could and you should save more the more you earn. The more you earn, 100%. Yeah. Uh, another one is when it comes to investing, always buy the dip. Uh, people tend to get very excited on social media with buying the dip. Is it always a, a good thing to do? You know, we're going to have to split this question a little bit. Um, when you're talking about investing, the behavior needs to be different. And there have been many debates, many hours of debates, not just locally, but internationally on international platforms and publicly as well, around what is better. Is it better to try and time a market or is it better to simply be in the market mm. over time? There's a very important difference there. So when it comes to timing the market, that's more relevant to somebody that's trying to trade the market than somebody that's trying to invest. And here are some of the questions to help you decide which camp you fit in. Firstly, we spoke about the instruments. What instruments do you find yourself using? Are you using traditional assets that are available and you know, are you prepared to hold these long term? Or are you looking at derivative type, geared type, more complex financial instruments? And are you looking at churning this thing and trading in and out daily or weekly and, you know, making the 2-3% that you can and locking that away? 
because that will lean towards trainings. So decide which camp you fit in from that perspective. Once you do that, if you decide that you're, you're an investor, then I'm going to say forget about trying to time the markets. Because if you're doing it religiously, and let's say religiously is once a month that you're deploying money, then over time, you will be buying dips. And over time, you know, your fixed amount will be buying more assets when markets are weak and fewer assets when markets are strong. And over time, that will smoothen out and you will get the benefit of buying more during weak times. If you're a trader, then yes, it's, you know, timing is going to be important and you do want to. But again, you know, you must, we spoke about some of the risks associated with trading. I mean, you must remember that markets do not collapse from overbought territory. In other words, very high, high levels. Markets collapse from suppressed, depressed levels. So when they're on the lows is when they break out and collapse. So, you know, those, that would be one of the risks from a, from a trading perspective. But certainly when it comes to timing, you know, one should apply greater emphasis on timing if you're a trader than if you're an investor. The next one that I want us to bust in terms of these myths and misconceptions is you have to monitor your investments daily. You're 100% right. It just in keeping with what we've been discussing, you know, um, if you if you decide that you're a trader or you, you have a certain portion of capital. And again, you know, just, just to go back to that DJ at large, you don't have to be exclusively in one camp. You could say 70 or 80% of my disposable cash is going to be used for investment purposes and the balance I'm going to trade with. You could participate in both camps just to, just to get that point across. So it's not an exclusive uh, discussion as to where you find yourself. But if you are, are on the trading side and for the portion of capital that you're deploying towards the trading strategy, then you should watch that very closely. You know, as we've seen recently, things could change in a matter of minutes and hours. And sometimes one would need to respond to that or sometimes you'd be faced with great opportunity if you respond quickly and actively in the trading side. On the investment side, I would, no, I would discourage people from watching their investments daily because the tendency to overreact is always going to be there because at the end of the day, we're human. And, uh, and you know, we all get stressed when you see your portfolio down 10%. The reality is that it's going to happen because nothing will go up in a straight line and nothing should. It is going to happen and it's about the discipline around controlling that. And if you find yourself seeing your portfolio down 10% and thinking, well, maybe I should add here, then you're on the right track. If you're thinking, oh, well, maybe I should sell here and buy something else that I think is going to do better, you know, this is the risk of watching it too closely on the investment side. <laughs> 100%. So we've got two more myths uh, and misconceptions around investing, saving and trading. So that brings us to the end of part one of our discussion with Nalan, untangling saving, investing and trading. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Desert podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.